the black history many docs post says tomorrow's the day join in on my master class the tape spots are filled but you can watch and listen in it's not all about self-taping I'm including acting tips subtext and finding your footing in a role from a director's point of view stop by if you can for more information about the event please visit https colon forward slash forward slash lowercase r l s n e e m a barnett b a r n e t t e dot eventbrite dot com Nima Barnett executive producer of BHMD She's featuring a self tape master class with Richard Lawson those interested in the film industry, acting, and the visual arts, cinematic arts. Nima presents, watch Nima Barnett presents Black History Mini Docs podcast latest episode exclusively at blackhistorymini-docs.com or listen online at feeds, F-E-E-D-S dot buzzsprout dot com forward slash one one five one five one nine dot r s s a group Facebook group it took a while to get approved for this group but I'm proud to finally be approved for them they're called Masons 
and eastern stars singles. Good morning be the reason someone smiles today and have an awesome day while doing so. A Mason's handshake should always be his personal contract. A Mason's obligation should always be important to him. A Mason's word should forever be his solemn oath. A Mason should be proud to be a Mason. Our values, our character, and our actions define who we are. We're not perfect, nor will we ever be, but we are working together toward a common goal to become better men. Wearing a Masonic ring and paying yearly dues does not morally define us as Masons in good standing. Our fraternity needs all of us. We need to support our home lodge, attend our stated meetings, and unite for our cause. If you wear the logo and make that claim, then be that man. Stand erect. Be proud of who you are and be the man you swore to be. Support your Blue Lodge. just on a personal note I'd have to say that when we had our uncle's funeral of course there were many many people waiting in long long lines to for the viewing hours to view the body and for the funeral service there was shoulder to shoulder people packed into a big huge church just not everyone could get inside but the media was there taking pictures and It was quite impressive. It was a a big to-do because 
community felt they lost one of their very own sons or brothers or when they knew him as an attorney or when they knew him as a judge. So they felt closeness and in a small town people are family and friends and sometimes family and they never know it. But the one thing that I remember is that the many presenters that stood up before us, the ministers from every faith, speakers of, from all over, they were just un, unending numbers of people from the legal community, the Ohio State Troopers were even there in uniform. So it was a comforting environment, a comforting atmosphere. But speaking for myself, I still felt the loss. It was a very heavy mantle to carry. But to my surprise, these gentlemen stood up and they had this regalia on a deep lavender sash trimmed in gold or another bright trim on the the deep lavender sash they had the white gloves in the top hat high hat and they were Again, wearing the regalia that I had no clue what it was. They were very low-key, didn't draw attention to themselves, but when they spoke, and I don't recall now what they were saying, but the way they spoke, it took the sting of death losing my uncle they took the sting of death away and later someone told me well those were the masons that our uncle was a 32nd or 33rd degree mason but it was quite impressive and I doubt if I I doubt if I will ever forget that. Just making that point to say that no matter what we hear about other people, other groups, there's nothing like having your own opinion, your own experience. It may even be transformative like the one I had when the Masons spoke and 
took this terrible sting from the loss of my uncle. And I will always be grateful to them for that. Listen to Amy Goodman, Democracy Now!, Jacob Blake shooting shines new light on death of Michael and I'm, I'm wondering if she's talking about Michael Brown, the shooting that happened about five of more in Kansas, I believe, or Missouri, Michael Brown, well, anyways, let's hear it, it's about 14 minutes, 15 seconds long. Jacob Blake is not the first victim of a controversial police shooting in Kenosha. Some years, on November 9th, 2004, before police body cameras were in use in the United States, Kenosha police killed a white 21-year-old young man named Michael Bell in front of his mother and sister in their driveway. The incident began when Kenosha police stopped Michael Bell in his car in front of his parents' home. Bell dashed up the driveway, was grabbed from behind by two Kenosha officers who pinned him against a parked car, while a third officer kept his mother and sister several yards away. A fourth Kenosha police officer ran up, pulled out his weapon, placed it against Bell's head, and pulled the trigger, killing him. The Kenosha Police Department conducted its own review of the incident and within two days completely exonerated the officers. Bell's father, Michael Bell Sr., commissioned an independent inquiry that found the police account of the incident to be forensically impossible, suggesting a cover-up. The city settled a civil rights lawsuit with the Bells for $1.75 million, most of, which was, most of which was then spent on a campaign to change Wisconsin's law governing how police-involved shootings are investigated. After a decade, in 2014, their campaign succeeded, and then Governor Scott Walker signed the bill into law, making Wisconsin the first state to require outside investigators conduct investigations into police shootings. That's where the Jacob Blake investigation is right now, under the supervision of the Wisconsin Department of Justice, with involvement of the FBI, Wisconsin State Patrol, and Kenosha County Sheriff's Office. For more, we go to Kenosha, where we're joined by Michael Bell's father, Michael Bell Sr., who led the campaign to change the law. Welcome to Democracy Now!, Michael Bell. Um, 
This is horrifyingly familiar to you. Um, while, while you have Jacob Blake laying handcuffed in a hospital bed as a result of being shot by a white police officer seven times at point-blank range in the back, um, <clears throat> you must have gone through a lot of deja vu in the last days with your family. Tell us the story of your son, Michael.
those facts are ongoing today and this investigation is not uh, not over with we're looking to find the truth about my son's case and that's why we're still pushing it so you have a police officer who you believe uh, his holster was pulled he was up against the driver's side uh, outside mirror uh, then you have the uh, police officer who had Michael in a bear hug and you had this all described because his mother and sister was right there being held back by a fourth officer and this third officer you believe came in between Michael being held in a bear hug over the hood of the car um, and this officer who thinks Michael has his gun but in fact it's the mirror that has his gun and this officer comes in between them and puts the gun to his head because he's shot in the right side in the right temple and pulls the trigger that's absolutely correct and uh, and we knew that from early on and it took us uh, several years uh, to finally catch them in 2007 uh, under video depositions my attorney patrick dunphy at canada dunphy he allowed all the officers to tell their lies and after the fourth officer told the lie, Lieutenant Kruger, he handed him a copy of the forensics examiner's report that showed that my son was sat in the right side of the head and, uh, and the bullet exited the left side of his head. And, uh, and then they were caught. And then they turned around and tried to recreate a different version where the officer was placed in the front of the car um, and, and, um, and, and he had to twist my son's head around. I want your listeners to understand that the police in Kenosha had changed their testimony 19 times. Eyewitness testimony never changed once. The officer who killed my son actually changed his testimony six times. And so that's the problem that's going on right now here in Kenosha is that even though we fought for an independent investigation, all that investigation is going to go back to a, a district attorney who has been ignorant of all the facts of the Michael Bell case. And so I am very worried about uh, whether justice is going to be served in the uh, Jacob Blake case. So I'm going to talk about that in a second, where this Jacob Blake case is right now, um, who's doing the investigation. But take us a step further. Michael is killed in 2004. You um, have your own investigation done, an independent investigation, completely conflicts with the police investigation that exonerated all the officers. Then in 2010, talk about the officer who took his own life. Uh, we settled a civil rights lawsuit on, the, on Michael's birthday in 2010, and uh, it is our belief that uh, when I settled the civil rights lawsuit, it was a record lawsuit at the time, I refused to accept a non-disclosure or confidentiality agreement. It was important to me to make sure that Michael's story was told and these facts can continue to come into the public. Well, the city was such under such pressure at the time to settle that they accepted under those conditions. And, and later in the summer, I started taking out billboards along interstates in, the, in, in, in Wisconsin. And those billboards said, when police kill, should they investigate themselves? And word got to the officer that the case was still open. And October 30th of uh, 2010, uh, the, the officer who mistakenly said that Michael had his gun uh, took his own life. And that, that's the sad part about it. Um, I, I, Say that I again. The office, that's the sad part about it, is that the officer that, that hooked his gun on a car mirror took his own life on October 30th, 2010. And I, I want you listeners to understand that there's tragedy on both sides of this. 
that the families of officers are grieving, that Officer Eric Straussbaugh's two children are growing up without a father. Our family is devastated by this, and that is why I am unrelentingly challenging the current system. And we accomplished the first part of that in 2014 by passing a law that says police cannot investigate themselves after a fatal deadly shooting. And just this week, we are we're getting ready to um, introduce new legislation, which is a second part of our journey forward. And I, I want everybody to remember that I'm, I'm a military pilot, and, and flying jets in combat scenarios is very dangerous. And the way we stay alive is by investigating previous mishaps thoroughly, understanding the true root causes, and then implementing safety recommendations to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Uh, I, I wrote an article, and your, your listeners can look, look for it. Uh, it's called The Insanity of Finding Fault Versus Fixing Cause. And what I did is I took an airplane crash, and I also took a police shooting, and I compared them side by side, and I showed how one changed aviation forever for the better, and the law enforcement side, nothing changed. And that's why we are in this continuing cycle. So in so, 2007... So, Michael Bell, I just want to ask, the law you got passed in 2014, and there, this bears directly on Jake Blake's case... Um, the right. law you passed uh, took an investigation of an officer-involved shooting out of Kenosha, and the attorney general of Wisconsin is now in charge of it. But when I watched that news conference on Wednesday, it was then explained that once they do the investigation, maybe it takes, what, 30 days, um, they, then, uh, they then go to, um, they send that information back to the DA, and he does like a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Is there enough evidence here to convict? He decides that, the Kenosha DA. And, and that's right. And uh, the Kenosha DA has been a thorn to this from the beginning. I mean, you have all this changing testimony. You have a forensically impossible facts on my son's case. And the Kenosha DA turns a blind eye to it. And I am very worried that the Kenosha DA is going to do that same thing with Jacob's case. I, I have been telling everyone that we should be doing like New York and New Jersey. Uh, the governor of New York um, did an executive order that said that all police shootings have to be prosecuted by outside prosecutors. So this case does not need to come back to a DA that has a long-term relationship with both the sheriff's department and the police department. I, I'm going to be releasing a video very soon that shows that the DA, Michael Gravely, here in Kenosha, colluded uh, with the police chief to block an investigation into Dennis Miskinis' department. And so that's one of the things that has to change. We cannot have a local a police shootings investigated by the local prosecutor whose political base is the families and relatives of the law enforcement officers that he uh, that he provides cover for and finally as uh, Jacob Blake was shot at point-blank range seven times in the back with his little kids three five and eight watching in horror in the car when you learned of this Michael Bell your thoughts and do you know um, Jacob's family I do not know Jacob's family. I learned about it Sunday night. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Please for a Change, and all people from that Facebook page were just sending me video after video, and so during the dinner table, first thing I did is I opened up and watched the video, and I was very appalled 
by what I've seen, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rendering judgment until the investigation is complete. But one of, one of the things that my eyes were drawn to immediately was the woman that was standing outside the door of the car, jumping up and down because I know how uh, emotionally traumatic this is to a family member and has to see it. I assure you that even though my son's case was 16 years ago, Michael's mother, Michael's sister, and the eyewitnesses that saw that case. Uh, are still uh, traumatized by the events of that night. So, so Michael Bell, I want to thank you so much for being with us. Father Michael Bell Jr., 21-year-old young man killed by the Kenosha police in 2004. Um, it is his father's efforts that led to the change in the law that took the investigation of an officer in involved shooting out of the hands of the Kenosha police.
For more, we go to Milwaukee, where we're joined by Chris Ott, executive director of the ACLU Wisconsin. He's calling for Kenosha Sheriff David Beck and police chief Daniel Miskinis to resign. We welcome you to Democracy Now! Can you um, lay out the latest, what your demands are, and why? Thank you, Amy. Um, we've, of course, seen this terrible pattern of excessive and deadly police force against black men, women, and other people of color in, in particular, and then a really heavy-handed response to the understandable uh, reaction and concern from, from the communities. And, uh, and when uh, police and law enforcement go into communities uh, in this militarized way, this heavy-handed way, it just inflames tensions, makes things worse, and creates dangerous new situations. Uh, unfortunately, that's what we've seen playing out in Kenosha all week, and uh, that is why the ACLU has called for the resignations of the county sheriff and the, and the police chief for their leading role in what's happened. What's astounding is that these news conferences we've seen on Wednesday and then again on Thursday, um, they always lead with the protests and the protesters. Um, you have the comments um, about the protesters, you know, being responsible for the murders on Tuesday night. Um, that's just um, uh, extremely significant, to say the least talking about the police shooting of um of jacob blake not to mention those murders right it's, it's really troubling to hear you know after after seeing you know the, the terrible events that unfolded all week you know starting with the, the shooting of mr blake but then the the, the, the killings on uh, on tuesday night uh, to see uh, law enforcement officials effectively blaming people for their own deaths is just outrageous and is making the situation even worse than it is what is happening with Jacob Blake right now, laying paralyzed in a hospital bed uh, in Milwaukee, but handcuffed? Uh, that's that's what I've heard. I've, I've seen the, the same reports uh, that you have, and and if uh, if that is true, then that is just you know adding a terrible insult to the terrible injuries that uh, that Mr. Blake sustained after being shot seven times in front of his children on Sunday. And the officer, the white police officer who shot Jacob Blake seven times point-blank in the back? Well, we need a much uh, stronger uh, response than we've seen so far. We need, we need justice in, in this case and, and, and so many others. And one of the things that's really troubling going back to, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the fatal shooting going on Tuesday night is that is the stark contrast between the way that Mr. Blake uh, was treated on, on Sunday, you know, effectively given no benefit of the doubt yet on, on the streets of Kenosha on Tuesday night, uh, we saw um, Sheriff Betts deputies uh, not only fraternizing with white supremacist uh, counter-protesters, uh, but apparently, uh, even though people were shouting that Kyle Rittenhouse, that they had seen Kyle Rittenhouse uh, shoot two people, uh, they let him go. Uh, the, the, the contrast there is just really stark, and that you know, just shows the, the, the problem that we have all across the country. So the ACLU is calling for the resignations of the sheriff and the police chief. What has been the response? Uh, I don't know that we have seen a response uh, from them so far, um, but we did this following the lead of organizers on the ground. Uh, so uh, we, you know, we are we're working um, with you know people in the in the community on this in consultation with with people in the community, and we we need uh, to see this, this kind of response that we've seen in Kenosha needs to end. And we need 
see these recognitions as a, as a part of, of making that happen. Well, Chris Ott, I want to thank Jenny you for being with us, Executive Director of the ACLU Wisconsin. Thank you for listening.